The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I made for a fucking podcast. That's <laughs> dangerous. Listen to me, we're at it. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Today's a special episode airing on Christmas Day, and it's so funny. As I was talking. I was just reading a message from my old trainer who I used to date who's telling me, I can see that you haven't been keeping up with your dieting. Are you okay? Really? <laughs> she's telling me I'm fat. She's right. I'm fucking fat. I know it. Good How for her. How did she know that? I mean, she sees pictures no. of me on social media. I came out wrong. How did she no. know that? Yeah, I'm not saying you're fat. No, she's right. I am fat. I, I am. I was just with you the other day, and I don't think you were fat. But no. I did want to poke you a little belly. I did want to go. And I, I don't blame you. Stop it. I know, but I, I, I'm aware that I'm a fatso. Um, I know I, I am. It's okay. I, I'm very, I have to be truthful with myself. I can't pretend. It's true. Um, well, I, I have, my Your food has been very bad. Your What's face that? doesn't look bad. Your face doesn't look bad. No, but I mean, look, I can see my neck. I know what I look like. And I also know I'm training harder than I've ever trained. Doing jujitsu and Muay Thai, I'm, I'm working out harder than I ever did. When I first got married, I became, I became a, little, a little pork bite. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Let's bring in Steve-O, who that, I have not seen in a while. Um, you're not a pork bite. I'm sorry. No, see, uh, it's funny. On Jim and Sam, Steve-O was in one morning, but it was the day that I was flying to California, so I missed him. I'm happy to get a chance to talk to him. Get him in here, man. Yeah, bring in Steve-O, who's a real fight fan, too, and and, and uh, who's just one of the most entertaining people ever. I mean, this, this, I've never met anyone who didn't like Steve-O. He's a comedian, man. Yeah, he does stand up. He's a very interesting storyteller. Oh, there he is. Hey, Steve. Yeah, dude. Am How I you doing, buddy? On? Yep, we're on. We're loosey goosey over here. Where Check are you? Out. Is that your house? This is uh, my new property in Tennessee. Wow, man. Awesome. Why Tennessee? You Nashville? Um, somewhat close to Nashville, uh, about oh, okay. an hour out. Um, why Tennessee? Sorry, what's that? Uh, and was there a reason you like? Did you, did you have an affection for Tennessee, oh. or did you just like the property? Um. Well, my lady and I wanted to open up an animal sanctuary. Oh, uh, wow. that's kind of our life dream. Um, Vinny. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna see if this Bluetooth works. So yeah, we were looking for a lot of land. Oh, okay. Now what is now what does that consist of? You just get a bunch of animals there that are uh, not wanted, and you and what kind of animals? Uh, we want farm animals and all kinds of them. Um, and what it, what it consists of, what it looks like, could be a number of different things. But uh, 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 you know, that's what we're about. And it, it was it was um, the time that we chose to look at properties in Tennessee was when the UFC fight night with Corey Sanhagen and Rob Font happened in Nashville. Good fight. Corey Sanhagen's <clears throat> Well, I mean, a lot of people would push back on that, Matt. <laughs> a really? lot of people would say that. Yeah, because uh, that one, um, he uh, tore a tricep, something or other, and, and he just laid on Rob Font for the whole five rounds. Yeah, so, but that's Rob Font's bed. 
That's not Corey Sandhagen. I'm saying Corey Sandhagen is a beast, and he made that look. Why? Why? Especially if he's got a torn. What do you have? Yeah, if he whatever he torn. If why should he stand up and do the old, you know, fisticuffs for a guy like Rob Font? If he could just take him down and just yeah hold him down. I get it. I get it. But uh, check this out. Um, I was also at Madison Square Gardens oh. um, for the, the, the Pereira fight. Tom Aspinall? And, yeah, Tom Aspinall, yes, and, and Pereira. Um, and I was sitting next to Corey Sandhagen. So I'm, I'm talking to Corey, and I say to him, uh, yeah, dude, uh, I was in – he said something or other about fighting – uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, I was in the arena at in Nashville, and he says to me, he says, "Oh, sorry, man." <laughs> uh, that's nice. That's nice. Right. He apologized for that fight, and then I said to him, "I said, come on, bro, think of it this way: there's no other sport in the universe where someone's going to give you a hard time and say, dude." You were just trying to win. <laughs> right. That is funny. You know, like, true. That's very true. You were just trying to win any other sport. Like, if you win, that's the only objective, and it's a good thing. And, and, then, there's, and then, there's, then, then there's MMA, where you have to win, and you have to do, do so in, in a fashion that excites the audience. And meanwhile, what people don't realize is that when you're nursing an injury, it's miraculous that he pulled off a win when you have a serious like you hear fights sometimes like I break his hand in the first round. And and you, I'm like, right. why is he not punching? And they like, I broke my hand in the first. I'm like, Jesus, yeah. I was annoyed at him for a boring fight, and he's fighting with a broken fucking hand. Right. hundred percent for sure. And then there's uh Michael Chandler, who I just spoke with a couple days ago, um, who has lost fights, but his his stock has just risen so dramatically because of the entertainment value that he offers. Yeah, he's oh. such an animal when he fights. Even like Gaethje, even when Gaethje loses a fight, doesn't like you want him to win, but he fights so it's such a hard fight and so brutal that you're always like, I love this guy and I'll watch him fight whether he wins or loses. It doesn't matter. Right, but who who did Gaethje lose to except for uh, Khabib and Oliveira? Ah, uh, Poirier he lost to Poirier. He got that yeah, one back. Yes, he did get it back. Yeah. Who was his first loss? Was it uh did he lose or be Eddie Alvarez was his first fight or did he who was his first loss? He was like 15 0 when he came into the UFC. And I don't remember who his first loss was. I think Michael Oh God, who did he fight? The uh oh, Michael Johnson was that his first fight? Uh, I'm forgetting the name of who he, he beat was that Michael his first? Johnson. He did. It was his first fight in the UFC, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And James Vick, he put on conscious. That was, and that was, oh oh, no, I'm not saying it was funny, but James Vick was. James Vick was talking about his punch drunk. James yes. Vick was very, very disrespectful. Very. And uh, I remember, I remember when I, I met Gaethje at, uh, I think it was the Izzy Vittori fight in, uh, in, in Glendale, Arizona. And I said to him, uh, just how much, uh, how satisfying it was for me to see him knock out Vic and how classy he was in defeat or in victory. You know, like it's that, uh, you know, it's just the, the way that he said that after he knocked out James Vic, he said, like, hey, man, you know, he said some things that I took pretty personally. You know, like he, he was candid about it, but in a really classy way. And, and I love that, man. Kind of like Leon just was, you know, after this fight where he, he was open about that it bothered him. And some guys don't want to show you that. And I like when fighters right. talk about things. And I love when fighters admit when they were afraid. Because it's uh, like you're not human if you're not afraid. And some guys are like, oh, my God, I was fucking scared shitless. Or it, it makes you feel like, wow, all right, it connects you to them a little bit more. Because, I don't know, there's something very honest about it. Right. Yeah. I, 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 I super agree. And... um I just think that uh, the, the the class and, and sportsmanship is um, it, it, it's it's for me it's it's very uh, I, I don't know I, I just I, I love it I love it and um, to hear Dana talk about how when Colby was saying those vile things um, that 
that that the uh, that the pay per view buys spiked by like twenty five percent. Like like it was it was like a hundred percent like visible that these vile things being said were like in like in real time translating to sales. Like just demonstrating that trash talk absolutely sells fights. And um, part of me thinks that that's just kind of a shame a little bit. In in a way, yeah. It's also a hey, look. It, 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 he didn't say the same things. But Ali taunting uh, Joe Frazier, calling him an Uncle Tom, or, or going to his camp saying he sucked, or what he would do to Sonny Liston. I mean, it, it, right. it made you want to watch him get his ass kicked. And hey, you have to pay the same whether you like the guy or hate him to watch the fight. Right. And, 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 and speaking of which, um, I've very publicly maintained that, um, that Colby Covington is uh, among. If not my favorite, you know, fight fighters. Um, like, like, just, I, I, I maintain that I have always loved disliking. I've been so engaged in disliking Colby Covington yes. that, that he's at the very top of my priority list for like excitement and and getting ready to watch him fight. And I think that um, me feeling that way. And then after this last performance, like both before and after, before, during and after the fight, I, I think that I've, uh, I've, I can't say that anymore. I think that uh, I just, I, I think that, that I've kind of lost that. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I've, I've lost that passion for like, like, oh, like it's not fun to dislike Colby after that, I feel like. You know, it's so funny you said that. that was a great way you put it. I've been so highly actively engaged in disliking him, I think you said, but that's a great way to yeah. put it. it. It's like he's one of my favorite fighters because I don't like him and I, I'm excited to watch him fight because I guess you want to watch him lose or, or I understand that. And that's how a lot of people look at him. But after this last one, it was like it was so douchey. Um, and like, uh, even though it does work, it did in increase it by, like you said, 25%. <clears throat> So it's hard to say don't do it because it works and other guys are going to do it because, again, you make more money. Hey, I got right. a question. I got a question for Steve-O. And I might have, I don't know if we went down this road before. We just, uh, with the, uh, our last episode, we had um, Brad, what's it, Williams? Brad Williams, yeah. Brad Williams, okay. Yeah, you know Brad, sure. Comedian, comedian. <laughs> uh, I want to know, and and again, you, you could answer this. You know, a lot of guys get shit on when you go from one career and then they and they get shit on by the comedians because they, they go from one career and then it's like something goes wrong or something or, or whatever with that career and all of a sudden they're like all right let me try my hand in comedy you know, actors do that sometimes when all of a sudden they get either canceled or something happens they're like all right i'll do I'm a, i gotta i'm a comedian now you my friend <laughs> never shit on i don't remember at least i didn't hear it i don't know how it was when you first started it but it seems you are universally in this community, in this, in this community, the comedy community, you're accepted. You weren't a try to try to fit in type of guy. You weren't a wannabe. Why is that, Steve-O? Why is that? Why aren't people giving you that Brendan Schlob treatment? <laughs> Steve will answer, and then I, I, I have an opinion, too, but I want to hear Steve's first. Go ahead. I, I my my first reaction is to say thank you for the kind words um and that uh it really um is appreciated um my second reaction is that uh i, I want to say like come on man get real <laughs> like uh have you seen have you seen the internet you know like <laughs> there's uh you know like there, there's no such thing as being oh. universally accepted in no matter what you do no matter what you do if you've got and if you've got even the tiniest little profile, then you've got haters. That's just how it is, you know. And so there, there are absolutely um, examples of individuals who never, never did want to accept me in comedy. There, there are people who still to this day don't want to accept me in comedy, and um, they, that that's never going to change. I think what what has helped is that. Number one, um, my approach to it has been authentic. You know, I think that it, it helped that I wasn't out there just trying to tell jokes about airplane peanuts. You know, like I was, I was bringing 
what like what I'm known for and what I do and 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 taking advantage of my rich experience in life and and yeah. making com- making comedy of that. And then yeah. as it's as it's evolved, um, I've taken it and, and made it a multimedia thing where I go out and I do the craziest stuff ever, make that into comedy. And then I do a show where after each bit, I play the video of the bit I was talking about. So I've made it my own. I've made it my own. And for all of my touring, I did comedy clubs for 11 years before I graduated to theaters. And the, the, the comedy world is basically like train tracks. And we're all just like following each other around the track. So when you get to every venue, you hear about, every other comic that came before. And if you've got a bad reputation, everybody knows it. And if you've got a good reputation, everybody knows it. And um, I think that I I did well by, you know, taking it seriously, being professional, putting on a good show. And and I developed a good reputation and that's helped. Um, But yeah, still, still I got haters. Yeah, you'll have, everyone will have haters. You can't avoid that. And there are some comics that consider themselves purists but it's not. It's just another reason to complain about somebody else. The majority, I mean, every every bit of it I've heard has been good about Steve. And it's because, like, the word you used was genuine and that really, or authentic. And, and it felt like a natural extension of what you were doing before anyway. You were funny on the radio. Uh, you were always an entertaining guy. You were a naturally funny guy. It didn't seem crazy when I heard it that you were doing stand-up. It didn't seem like, why would he do Like, you're doing stuff that comedians are scared to do. Like, when actors get into it, a lot of times actors come from a world that we think is like just not the same or, or like, oh, you're just trying to make a few dollars. You were out doing things that everyone considered crazy and you were funny when you talked about it. So it just seemed like a natural thing. It, it felt like, yeah, he belongs here doing this. And, and the fact that you did it authentic, I think, uh, it was a great choice of words because I think that's why people just liked you because it was like, yeah, Steve, I was just going and telling stories about like, and there are stories about things that people want to hear about. It's your life. What is another comic going to go up and talk about fucking throwing himself through a plate glass? But like, that's your life. I can't talk about that. Yeah. Well, thank you as well for the kind words. Um, I think I'll say that the, uh, the people who describe themselves as purists and protective of the art and they don't want outsiders coming in. It's not that they're purists. It's that they're operating with the mentality of scarcity. They feel like if somebody comes from another realm into comedy, that that person is actively taking food off of their table. That if this this person is, if Steve-O comes into comedy and has success, then there is less success for that person. That's that's the, the mentality of scarcity. And then there's people like Rogan who have the mentality of abundance. You know, he's like, hey, man, like I, I, Rogan told me, I wish my mailman did comedy because he's fucking funny. <laughs> you know, like yeah. everybody, if, you know, and the thing about it is that everybody can just not worry about uh, even having an opinion because it is such a democratic thing. I mean, there is nothing more lonely than being on stage with a microphone if you are not delivering to that audience what they have come for. Like, if, if it's not working, then you are in a world of loneliness and hell, and you're just not going to last. You know? Yeah. That, you, when you, I was going to say, when you first started out, before you got your footing, was there some nights when you're like, all right, I better go back to having somebody fucking some sharks bite my <laughs> Do you ever think about, I have to go back to doing some weird shit because... This might not be for me because everybody bombs. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I bombed in an utterly spectacular fashion. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it like super cliff notes. My, my first time performing in a comedy club was 2006. So approaching 20 years ago. I, it wasn't I wasn't supposed to do stand up. I, I like somebody asked me to go to the comedy club and do one of my stunts on stage. And I, I was all messed up on drugs and alcohol. And I said, yeah, sure. And I showed up, I was all messed up on drugs and alcohol. And uh, when I walked into the comedy club, I had no game plan. And I looked at the stage, I looked at what was going on. And I thought, man, the craziest stunt that I could do would be to get on that stage and not do a stunt, but try to make people laugh talking. 
And and it was just like, oh, I could just feel the fear of it. And I was like, I got to do that. I got to do that. That's the crazy stunt. And so I waited for my turn to get on stage. And uh, I came up with one joke. I, you know, they, they brought me on stage and, and I got on. I said, hey, everybody, I'm in the mood for a blowjob. Does anybody want one? And, you know, like uh, the, the, the crowd laughed. I got a little laugh. Like the overall feeling was that the, they were excited to see me. They were they, they they were rooting for me because they just wanted to have a good time, yeah. and and that that was like, and and I told my one joke and maybe I bullshitted for a couple minutes. I got the fuck off, and it was a favorable experience. And um, and then I, I before I left that night, I scheduled my return. I was like, man, this is, I'm an attention whore, man. I, yeah. I was soaking it up. I was soaking it up. I was like, oh, dude, they, you know. And and before I came back, I I, I wrote up like jokes. You know, I wrote up like a 10 minute set. I performed that when I came back and it went reasonably well. I videotaped it, put it on YouTube. And I was like, that's it for that material. And then I came back a third time thinking I was just a natural and that I was just good at it. And I got on stage without material prepared. And that's when I found out how lonely it is to not deliver. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and it, it traumatized me. Hey, Steve-O, I, you know, people seeing you get injured and, and do all this stuff. I just recently watched a clip of you where you almost died. Let me remind you what this was, because you just put this out the other day. It was at Old Dirty Bastards Tribute. You, oh, let me tell you something. You know what I like about it? You don't, you don't, you don't even try to be extra, like, saying, listen, I was brave during this. You're like, hey, man, I was shitting my pants. Can you please <laughs> just let us know exactly what I'm talking about? Let the audience know, please. What I'm sure. Talking about. For sure. Um, I was, uh, I, I had a relationship with, um, with Method Man from, from, you know, the, we worked together on my show, Wild Boys. I had been, uh, yeah. the Wu-Tang Clan, yeah. Yes. Method yeah. Man from the Wu-Tang Clan. I had been just a huge fan of Old Dirty Bastard. And, um, and, and, you know, 2006, uh, I mean, the old dirty, I, I think it was, uh, two thousand like late two, late 2004 when ODB passed and, um, two, 2006, there was a big, uh, it was called rock the bells, this huge festival. And, um, the Wu-Tang Clan was headlining it and it was like all day, like just the biggest acts, Cypress Hill and all, all this great stuff. And I was there all day just getting drunk. And um, I just learned this trick where, like, I had two tricks. I could do the standing backflip, and I could do this other trick where I would get naked and flop my junk back and forth and then jump up in the air and catch it in a mangina position. And then, and then I, like, I combined the two tricks into one where it, with the mangina, then I would do a backflip the whole time. And land my back foot with the mangina. And so I was excited about it. And 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 I'm like, they're gonna do this old dirty bastard tribute, like a tribute to his memory. Yeah. And and, uh, and and I'm like, and, and I, I see Method Man and Riza backstage, and I'm like, yeah, like I wanna get on stage like uh, as a tribute to ODB. I'm gonna get dirty naked, I'm gonna flip my journey, I'm gonna like. And so they bring me on stage and, and with the whole routine clan, old dirty bastards, mom, the whole thing. And, oh. and, and I just, I just, I just strip naked and flip my junk around and do a backflip naked. And, um, you know, nobody could even believe it. And then, you know, it was just like, what is this guy doing? And then like, they start playing dirty song and everybody's dancing, but, but about like maybe a half a song after this, like, the, the Wu-Tang member, Raekwon, just stopped everything, stopped me, grabbed me by the neck and dragged me to the front of the stage. And he said, I did not appreciate that. And you're going to apologize or I'm going to jail for knocking you out. And this like, um, and there was nothing tough about me in that moment. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, I'm, <laughs> it was, it was a notable thing. And, um, you know, it, it's one of uh, many examples in my life when I got it wrong, you know, sure. and I think, I think that um, I, I think that the world is uh, entirely 
too full of people who are just wrong and won't admit it, you know? And, um, can I just say though, you, you didn't have bad intentions. You were, you meant, yeah, you're trying to be yeah, funny. Yeah. You watch the clip, you could tell, yeah. but, but I was, I, I used to fight in the cage. I was nervous for you. I was like, Oh my, when he was like, yeah, he had him by the, like the back of his neck. He's like, get over here. He's like, and where's his mama? Apologize to his mama. I'm like, holy fuck, he's not getting out of here. He's not getting out. I what did she yeah. say? How did she accept your apology? Was she okay with it? She, I mean, yeah, she wasn't. Uh, she was. She was very, very forgiving and and, okay. and gracious. Like she, I mean, her, she her son was old, dirty bastard. So it's you know she has a sense of humor. Yeah, but I mean, hey, you know what? Like. Uh, and I, I got that one wrong. I get a lot of things wrong. I just got done uh, recording an episode of my own podcast where uh, I acknowledge, you know, that just on a press run that I just did, like, I, man, I struck out on a, a number of podcast appearances and uh, I offended some people. I, I, uh, I embarrassed myself, like in different situations. And I, and I acknowledged every instance of, of, of that, every L that I perceived that I took. And, uh, and that, you know, that's, that's how we get better in life is we, uh, we take criticism, you know, we, uh, we acknowledge when we came up short and we move forward as an improved version of ourselves. Did you ever talk to Raekwon again? Uh, I didn't, I reached out and he, uh, his reps politely declined on his behalf for me to speak to him. Okay. Oh, hey, hey. I'll I'll take this. Tell Raekwon to calm down. All right. Tell him I say, Raekwon, easy, buddy. Easy. Come on. I don't think anybody. I don't think it's been it's been a long, long time. I don't yeah. think anybody's particularly concerned about it anymore. Yeah, and um, but I've yeah. uh, you know I've I've acknowledged that you know I've I've acknowledged everything that needs to be acknowledged. I feel sure. and. and uh, you know, I think my my side of the street's pretty clean. When yeah, did you reach out? Did you reach uh, out? Well, like, uh, I, I uh, man, like it was it was at some point, like um, because I had met the man on my podcast. I had Riz, uh, you know, we we, we reached out, um, you know, it to see if he 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 would come on. Um, he declined. Um. Like the, the the sense that I got was that uh, it, it doesn't make a lot. He just doesn't want to talk about it, and that's fine. Okay. You know? Yeah. It's yeah, like, that happens. You got enough friends, Steve-O. You got me and Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's. I love it. Let's talk more about fighting, man. I don't want to. I don't want to stray away. But thank you. I, I I genuinely appreciate the uh, the kind words about my comedy, and um, and and I should mention that the my my latest. It's my third comedy special. is uh, just just been released, and it's live at stevo.com. Okay. Um, I uh, it's it's called Stevo's Bucket List, and it is uh, it's a bunch of forbidden stuff that I would never have been able to do for Jackass. Um, you know, because for legal reasons, for uh, some of it's like legitimately X rated, and um, it's uh. It's a multimedia comedy special which shows things that go further than Jackass ever could. And it's uh it's how, exciting how much, and I love it. How much further, man? You've been doing some weird shit on that show. Right, I dude. I do you know what an epidural is? Where they put a yeah, floor in the I, middle? Yeah. I got hey man. <laughs> Wait, an epidural? Wait, is this when you when you when you put the water up your ass? No, no, no. That's an enema. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I have an enema story after this. Go ahead. It's a, epidural is when they put a four-inch needle in your spine and inject a drug into your spinal cavity, oh. which renders you paralyzed. Oh, I and got I, an epidural for my, when I had a back issue, but go ahead. So, yeah, the guy, this, this doctor is dressed up as a clown. He puts a four-inch needle in my spine, injects the drug in my spinal cavity, rips out the needle, and I take off running to see how far I can go. And, uh, <laughs> and then... How did, how and did that look? Wait, wait. Right. How far did you go? Was, uh, I went further. I ran out of space. I had to turn around and come back. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden, your legs go? Yeah, yeah. Then I collapse. 
And uh, and then my buddies start doing experiments to determine the level to which I'm actually paralyzed. And um, it's uh, it's it, it it absolutely goes further than Jackass. Ever did. And um, you know, there's a lot. There's, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a very wild, forbidden, and uh, and fun multimedia comedy special. And again, it's at steveo.com. Steveo's bucket list. Yeah, it's also got. It's also got, um, I like to say, the who's who of the UFC Hall of Fame featured in, uh, in there with, with the great Iceman, Chuck Liddell. We go, through, we go through all of these different, um, like, colorful, creative ways to try to give me cauliflower ear. Oh, and, um, oh dude. It, and, then, and, and, uh, and, and we didn't pull that off. So then I went to Ronda Rousey. And... Um, you know, she spent the day trying to give me a cauliflower ear, and then that didn't work. And so then I went to the great, the greatest of all time, uh, Mr. John Jones, and um, he he had brought the hammer down, uh. like, very literally. He put his current uh, championship UFC belt, laid it on my ear, and and my my ear was on his workout machine. The belt was on top of my ear, sandwiching it. And he took a hammer to the belt, and he blasted, oh. and and it like literally exploded my ear open, like with a big chunk hanging off. And and he he cut that off with scissors, which was the uh, the, the craziest moment in in the whole show. Um, Did it work? Your ears look fine. Yeah, and uh, they, you know, they, like um, some people just don't get cauliflower ear. I don't oh. have it that bad. I've been training a long time. I don't have it that bad. My wife's getting yeah. a little bit. I go, ah, honey, it don't matter. You got hair. You can always I like it, though. My wife's been training. Yeah. Hey, did you guys ever get an enema? I, I have, sure. yes, sure. Jimmy just gets it for pleasure. Jimmy. I sure do. If I'm a bad boy, I get one. Yeah. Hey, you know, <laughs> when I was fighting at 155... <laughs> Uh, when I, Jimmy, when I was fighting at 155, I had trouble getting down to that weight because I'm kind of big boned, you know, even though for a short man. So they said there's always been that thing. Well, you have how many pounds of meat sitting in you, and if you get an enema, you could. So I go, hey, dude, if I got like five or six pounds of fucking the fucking pork in my belly or something, I will love to flush that shit out if I can make weight easier. So I went to one of these things, and dude, I'm listening. That's it. It sounds like what you got was called colonic hydrotherapy, which mm. is another level. It's another yep. level past enema. This doctor, he I don't know where he went to school, but he looked kind of like a mad scientist. There was this thing and they're showing me with the, the they, they put this tube. It, I do it myself where they hand it to you and you actually insert yeah. it in your ass. Right now, I told him, I go, doc, I go, you know. It's making, he started to turn it, these knobs, and he's showing me this picture contraption. And he goes, All right. He goes, You know, you're going to feel some pressure, and then you just have to just like relax. So I'm relaxed. I go, I'm feeling like I'm going to have to like do a number two. He goes, Well, that you could do it right like there. Like it comes out. That's what, dude. All I know is it's like in one of those movies when the nuclear power plants go, Dude, that was. I started up and it was like a dam out my ass when it started to say, oh, doc, <laughs> abort mission. He took it out. I had to put a towel around me and duck walk to the bathroom where I exploded. So they do, I basically took shit on the fucking bed. Now I'm in the office after I'm dying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because it's fucking hysterical. So they charged me like, I don't know how much it was. So I basically played to take a shit on this. I didn't do sh- not, dude. It just gave me a fucking. I just shit all over the place. I didn't lose any weight, and I called Longo dying in the car afterwards. He had Longo had to pull over. He had to pull over. He was driving. <laughs> I was crying. I go, dude. I took a shit on the bed. But anyway, those enemies. They're, not they're awesome. They are they're awesome. Did 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 you uh, cut weight with it? I mean. I had a nice movement all over this guy's fucking. I don't think they'd ever let me back in that place. Right. I mean, I think that they, like, like let's talk about about uh, ways of cutting weight. I, I was just I asked Michael Chandler, um, like sixteen ounces is a pound. 
yeah. a pint is, a pint is uh, 16 ounces. So presumably, if if you uh, take out a pint of blood, that's a whole pound towards making weight. Of course, that's going to deplete you. It's not going to yeah. help you. But then if you put it back in, now that's illegal. But talk about blood doping or something. What are you talking about, Steve? You're gonna get well, hey, well, you, right, side of, not, you side of my you side of might be gone, Steve O, but <laughs> I don't think I agree with these fucking weird methods you're talking about. Work work with me hypothetically, okay? Yes. I'm not I'm not condoning cheating on any level, but just no. hypothetically as a as a as a, a function of curiosity. Um if uh if 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 you're if you're fighting for that last pound, you know, yeah. you just need you gotta you gotta cut that last pound. Let's say you get you get a uh you know a, a, a take out a pint of blood. Yeah then then you make weight, you put that pint of blood back in. It's your blood, you took it out and then you put it back in. There's no drug that right. like uh you know, there's just so so like you're not gonna uh, trigger any kind of a drug test, yeah. and um, you know, like, it, and and it, it does. Michael Chandler explained this very well. He said that um, when uh, that you, you you take out the blood and it's got like all the the you know nutrients or whatever in it, and then you work out really hard, and your body creates more of those uh those things and then when you put the blood in you have like like hyper elevated everything so maybe it does it would trigger up because it does do there. something yeah yeah, yeah it's you, 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 you if it's for, if it's all that for a pound you might want to fucking invest in a sweatsuit <laughs> instead of fucking <laughs> going to fucking doctor fucking take my blood out put the blood back in mix it around dude sweat a little bit I don't know. It sounds a little bit out there, but well, hey, I mean, it, it's interesting, and I think that we have answered the question that that um your 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 levels would trigger something. You would get caught. Yes. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hey, did Chandler mention to you when he's uh, when he's fighting or anything, or did he give you any? Uh, I don't know. When did you see him? 
I saw him two days ago, and and okay. uh, you know, given that we've got a little bit of a time lag, but yeah, we absolutely asked him. You know what's going on with the with, with the, the Connor situation. Um, it uh, it he he described that for the first time in uh, I believe a fifteen year professional fighting career that um, he's actually got time to spend with his family and per- to pursue business stuff. I think that what, what he's saying is that there have been um, uh, unintended, unintended benefits to, um, frankly, holding out for the, the Conor McGregor fight. You know, right. we, we all know, we all know that the UFC, you know, by contract, the UFC has to offer you so many fights per year. And it's up to the fighter. It's up to the fighter whether they accept those fights or not. And clearly, um, you know, Michael Chandler has not been accepting those fights because a Connor fight is just an exponential of whatever you earn from. Uh, it's an exponential of whatever you earn from a regular fight. And um, and he said that uh, that it's not like he's not training. It's not like uh, you know. Sure. Like at the time that he's taking off. Like yeah, he's spending it. He, he, like he's, he's staying in shape, and it's, it's it's worth it to him to get the bite. But he also acknowledges that if he's Connor, he doesn't want to fight Michael. Connor doesn't want to fight Michael Chandler. I think that's a tough fight for Connor. And when they signed on to do. Uh... Uh, to, to coach against each other, the ultimate fighter. I, I was like, I was surprised because that's a tough fight for Connor because he's such a squat, fucking great ground fighter. I, I was surprised he took that fight, and he hasn't right. yet. Right, and I mean, it, Michael said that it, it's built into their ultimate fighter contracts that that uh, that it's supposed to be a fight. So I don't know. If there's some kind of a breach involved if Connor doesn't uh, fight Michael Chandler. But uh, Michael Chandler gets it, you know, that, um, that uh, you know, that, that an ATS-3 is, uh, is the, uh, Tony Ferguson. And, and I think that we can all agree that the Tony Ferguson-Connor fight is, is not it. That's, 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 no. that's Connor, an ATS-3, an yeah, that would be compelling. I'd rather see Connor Gaethje. I think Connor would be at 170 at this point, but that's the fight I've always wanted is Connor Gaethje. Uh, I don't see it happening at this point, but I mean, that's a fight I would love to see. That's every bit. That's, 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 it's the exact same problem as the Chandler fight. That's like, uh, you want to be in the frying pan or the fire? Yeah, yeah, it's a tough fight too, of course. But as a fan, that's kind of the one I've wanted to to see. The thing is, Connor likes the, he likes the, um, the spotlight, you know, he likes to be out yeah. there. But with all the money he has, to step back but look at his training footage. Look at his training footage. He's back to he lost all the weight. He's he's training like uh he's in the USADA pool, right? Well he was, yeah. That, the USADA is no longer. Right, right. right. Understood. Understood. Hey, let me ask you about a couple of fights that we got coming up already set. Uh UFC 297, Sean Strickland versus Drake is duplicy. Duplicy, yeah. Of, yeah. What do you think of that? I like that Sean Strickland, uh, man. He's just a breath of fresh air or some kind of air. He just, I like, <laughs> his, I like his nuttiness. I like his honesty. I think he's a success story from where he came from. And sure. I like it. I like the honesty with this gentleman. I mean, you get a little bit of that, uh, you know, Anthony Smith vibe. The, you know, he's like the humble beginnings, you know, small town guy. Except that he's just like he's just Sean Strickland. I'd be interested to know what the what the odds are on Strickland Duplessis. Can you guys bring that up? Because I would have Duplessis as a favorite. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at Duplessis. Uh, obviously, he's, he's uh, I mean, he's beaten Whitaker, Brunson, Darren Till, Tavares. He's beaten some uh, really good fighters. Um, right. I, I think like the, I, if I'm the odds maker. I've got Duplessis as uh, like minus one fifty favorite, maybe maybe even minus like one eighty, something like that. Does he ever did five now, rounds? Strickland, Strickland's the favorite. Yeah, Strickland is minus one thirty five favorite. Okay, my money's on on Duplessis, and I'll tell you why. 
Um, the way that Cannoneer blew through Strickland, the way that Pereira flatlined Strickland, um, I, you know, and 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 he's got he's got all the fundamentals. You know, he's the, the, the he's fundamental. He's, he, I just don't like. Um, I just don't think that uh, he he's got that that knockout power. I think that that Duplessis is going to have more power, and I think that Sean Strickland, the way that he shocked the world by beating Izzy. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't want to undermine Sean Strickland, but I do think that it's worth mentioning that whatever the story was, that Sean Strickland was talking about Izzy with the dogs and whatever that was going on, like that really, really affected Izzy. Izzy was just like, whatever the, the story about Israel Adesanya with dogs was, I don't even know what the story was. I just know that that really, really, I, I believe that absolutely eradicated Izzy's ability to, to, to function at the highest level. He, uh, one thing about Strickland, that fight with, uh, with Kennedy was a split decision. That was a good fight, a good five-round fight. Uh, I mean, Pereira caught him. But I mean, he did. I give respect to anybody who can go the distance with Kennedy because he does. He hits like a cement truck. Uh, and, and it was a split decision. So... Um, All right. It, it, Fair enough. It does depend on who. I, I hate to say it like because I sound like I'm trying to be a sports guy. Whoever can implement their game plan. But I mean, if Duplessis catches him, Duplessis could probably knock most people uh, out. And if Strickland is able to slide away and just stay away and frustrate him, <laughs> he has a very good shot. Uh, but yeah, I guess if Duplessis catches anybody, they're in trouble. I mean, if he catches almost anybody, he probably drop him. I just, I just think that 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 that, that Israel Adesanya fight. Strickland just just walked him down. He just walked him down, and he just never went away. Never went away, and and Israel just never got aggressive. Duplessis is going to get aggressive. That's just what I think. Duplessis is going to be wild. Duplessis is going to be just aggressive. He's going to be powerful, and and I uh, for for all of Strickland's fundamentals and and uh, and his gas tank. He certainly got the gas tank. Um, I just picture uh, Duplessis being so wild and so all over the place that something catches them. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm, not, I'm, I'm wrong all the time. And I, and I'm terrible at picking fights, dude. And, Dupl- and you know what? Drake had gotten surgery in his nose, I think, or his sinuses, because they said he was breathing at such a low capacity and that he got tired and he breathed with his mouth open. But they said he just couldn't breathe. But that's where Strickland's gas tank would come in. If he's able to tie him up and frustrate him a little bit for the first couple rounds, does it matter? Uh, can, can he get him into later rounds and do it? I don't know, but I, I can't wait to see that fight. Um, I mean, I find Strickland so I just I like him in the cage and out of the cage. I like listening to him. He just doesn't give a fuck, and so I, I just enjoy him. What do you think I mean, of? Uh, and and, and I, I echo all of that. I echo all of that. I think that uh, you just never know what you're going to get with him, and he's just so. Like, uh, you know, I heard somebody describe the difference between fuck you money and fuck me money. <laughs> and, and like, and Sean Strickland acts like he's got fuck me money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Now, what, cause you're spe- bucket list. What are fights that you would want to see in this next year? Like uh, already booked, uh, Strickland, Plessy, uh, uh, Volkanovsky, uh, Tuporia and, uh, O'Malley Vera is going to be a great fight. Uh, their second fight. What is one that you would really like to see that you don't know if it's going to happen? Um, I mean, the, uh, the question of uh, Islam wants to go up to welterweight and take on Leon Edwards. Um, I know that Dana said that he'd like to see Islam stay down at 155. Um, but uh, when you look at, at, at Leon Edwards, at the options for who Leon Edwards is going to fight next, you've got um, Shabkat Rachmanov and... Um, you know, as Bilal. exciting as yeah, but there's Bilal and Shock, you know, and as exciting as that is to the, the diehard fighting fans, you know, I saw a comment on social media that said that if if Bilal and Leon Edwards is the next um, you know, welterweight championship fight, that it it may set a record for the the low the least interest for you know among whereas Islam versus Leon Edwards, I think would be, uh, would, would, 
it's a super fight. It's a champ champ situation. I think uh, Islam kind of, kind of had so from from the from, I think there's there's more money in the UFC. There's more buzz. There's more excitement if if we let Islam go up to 170 and fight Leon. That's my opinion. And you're right. It is a business. I mean, and they do think of that like as much as like I would love to see Bilal get it, or they may be thinking like, well, right. what's going to sell more? And yeah, that is the way they think too as, as a business. Right. Um, uh, so, uh, so, so, so there's that. What, what else do I want to see? Um, I mean, I'd like it's like whatever Patty Patty the Batty's next fight is is a really exciting discussion. I mean, he like he looked so good against Tony Ferguson, and I think that um, we've just seen we've seen a great deal of improvement in Patty the Batty. Number one, um, he's not um, putting on all that pudge in between camps you know like he, he, he seems to really be taking his career seriously in a way that he didn't before like it was a big joke to him like look at me like i had him on my podcast and i've had patty batty on in between camps and we literally stopped off and bought a fucking scale and you know like i do my <laughs> I, I, I do my podcast in the van and 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 we drive the van to the guests so like that's the whole thing the wild ride so we we had we had the fucking sit. Everybody got on the scale and he weighed two hundred five. Wow! <laughs> it was fucking two hundred five. Like I mean, and, and, and he did it unabashedly. He literally did that. And, and props to him because that kid is absolutely like you know what you see is what you get. The, the you know he, he's, he's really uh, he's he's like he's very authentic. But we're like I think that he's he's taking his. Uh, training seriously in between camps he's not putting on all the weight i think that the uh that that the whole debacle with ariel Hawani and uh the aftermath of his decision uh against jared gordon you know it was kind of a bad week for him yeah. and i think that uh i think that that was patty the batty going through the attendant growing pains uh that come with like becoming a, a star you know, yeah. I don't think you, I don't think you can become a star without having some kind of growing pains because all of a sudden you're bestowed with the power and prestige influence. And it's, it's hard not to take advantage of that, you know? And um, I think that Patty like uh, very publicly stumbled a little bit with his, with his growing pains. Sure. And I think that, I think he came out the other end of that with visible humility i think that he grew from that so i think he's I, I see patty as a better fighter uh a healthier fighter and a better person and um and i think just everything that he did in that fight with tony um showed it showed growth uh, I, I think that he's, he's ready to, to face a bigger challenge and whoever patty gets next that's a very exciting question speaking of growth i want to point out this and i want to do this the other day you know, a lot of people gave shit to Meatball uh, Molly McCann, all right, uh -huh. because she lost her fight and she got submitted. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you know, since then, what she did, she went and she went in that Polaris and she got a nice, beautiful arm lock, and she went to a grappling event. And uh, I'm not sure if she even up to a level. She might have got a belt also too, uh, as far as went to. Uh, I don't know if she got a brown belt. Did she get a brown belt? I'm looking at her Instagram now. But uh, she went and she lost. She got submitted. She got embarrassed. She went. She attacked her the weakest area, which was a grappling. And then she just won a grappling match. I just want to say, you know, props to Molly McCann on that. Yeah, there you go. She got a lot of, she got a lot of uh, shit because she was getting a lot of attention, which was, I think, warranted because she had a beautiful spinning knockout, spinning back fist, elbow knockout. And then she had a couple yeah. of tough matches with the grappling. And she attacked it. And now she made such... Uh, improvements in that area, and uh, I thought I think we're going to see uh, a lot, a lot of her next year. I, I just want to give her some props for that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think that's great. I think the mind that's great. Of an, the mind of an podcaster is what I have right there. <laughs> Sorry. I, no, no, my bad. I was, I, I, I was terrible right there. But yeah, I, I'd love to see that too. And I think that her being so kind of a uh, closely linked to, to patty and like the hype around yeah. both of them like uh yeah, yeah. i thought of that yeah right yeah, steve um, so, so, so who's next for patty 
Who's not play that? Everybody wants to see him run it back with Jared Gordon. But does he take that fight? Like when you skate, I mean, look, maybe he takes that fight and knocks Jared out in the first round. Or Jared just, he just went I know he did. Jared, Jared had know. a big win. Yep, he had a yeah. big win. Uh, yep. And let me tell you, the, the kid he fought, was he undefeated? Matt, uh, give us the last fight of Jared Gordon, please. Put that up there for us, producer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Definitely won. It wasn't an easy fight. The yeah, we had him on right before. Yeah. Yeah. But Marco Madsen, that's right. Yep. It was. Yeah, I thought it was that Marco Madsen. And and yeah, for I know the, the first round KO, but was what was uh Madsen's record? Wasn't he like undefeated in the UFC? Was he 12 and 0 at the time? Or had he lost a fight already? I don't remember. Come on, Jake. Sorry. He was 12 and 1 at the time. Oh, 12 and 1. <laughs> Jared Gordon, man. Dude, huge nuts, this kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? He came, listen, he had a lot of demons he battled in life, and he's winning. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that one run back, you know? I, I, like, I, I like that. Um, and, you know, like I, I'm a recovery guy, too. So, yeah. you know, Jared Gordon, Jared Gordon being a clean and sober guy, you know, yep. like I think that the entire world is, is in agreement that he got robbed on that decision. Like nobody. I don't think anybody thinks that Patty won that fight. And I would even include Patty in that. I think yeah. if we're honest, you know, so so there's that. I think that that the that justice, that the right thing would would be to see Jared Gordon run that back with Patty. But justice. But there's justice and then there's business. And and I and I just I like you know again I I, I respect Jericho. I just I I just wonder if there's not a there's better there's better fights and especially when you've got the business added about it. Do you want you know like how about this? You know who's been hot is uh is Bobby Green. Now Bobby Green didn't didn't he just didn't, uh, Bobby Green just lost. Oh, He's got Bobby it to uh, yeah Jalen Turner. That was a Jesus, bad knock, was a bad knockout. The ref on the short ref, notice. I take that back. I take that back. And he got he kept getting beaten up for thirty seconds while he was yeah. unconscious. Oh, like, God. That, that yeah. could shorten your career right there. Yeah, not that was your, a terrible stoppage. Not your career. Bobby Green, yeah. Bobby Green. Bobby Green cannot fight in twenty twenty four. That 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 knockout was that bad. So take a year off. off. You tell him to take a year off after that. His brain needs a year. I think that like. Maybe at least a few months. A few months, yeah. And, Steve, and everything, everything that Bryce Mitchell was saying. Thank you for not hitting me again. Thank you for not hitting me again. Like, yeah, that's, he's awesome. And I'll tell you that that Josh Emmett, uh, you know, he was such a classy guy too. Wasn't there one more before we end this? Uh, wasn't there one more knocked out that fight where the guy back where where the fighter backed off to? Who is did anybody? Khalil Roundtree. Khalil Roundtree. Hey, Khalil Anthony Smith. Yeah, where he. I love when fighters. Again, sometimes you don't yeah. know you're in the heat of it, but once in a while, you know he knows, and he just wants to fucking punch him again. Um, and, and I right. like when they don't. Like, like, like Masvidal when when he went to go hit after that five second knockout knee, and That's then he went him. to hit him again. You know, and then he said it was super necessary. It was not not necessary. I, I agree with that. Like, I, you know, they're, 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 we see it all too often. Punches that don't need to be thrown when fighters are out. Yeah, and sometimes you're gonna unless, heat unless, of course, it's Colby Covington. Then fucking, <laughs> they, they stomp you know him. I'm sorry. And I don't. Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna back that. Steve, back uh, that. Don't back that. You'd be bad if you back that. But I'll back that. I'll like the curb stomp him. American History X. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Mary, Mary. <laughs> your special is on uh, stevo.com. I, I love you, man. I think you're, you're one of the most entertaining people ever. You do things that I would never dream of doing, and you're funny on stage. So uh, congratulations, man. I'm always happy to see you do well. Yes. Hey, uh, I appreciate you both. Uh, it's an honor to be able to be back on with you guys. Uh, I, I, I love the UFC more than than is healthy. <laughs> I like uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm nuts. I'm nuts for it. And um, anytime you guys reach out, uh, I'm all over it, man. Like I can't wait to talk to you guys again. Have a great holiday, buddy. Thanks for coming on, and you're always, uh, always a pleasure.
Hey, for sure. Merry Christmas, everybody. And All right. Take care, Steve. Bye-bye. Take care, Steve. And uh, Matt, uh, that does it for us. Steve is great. He's just, I could talk to him for three hours. He's an amazing guest. Yes, Jimmy. Jimmy, thanks for having me over your house. I can't wait that that episode comes out. It was a delight, yes. And they're going to do more of them, so hopefully we'll get called for another one, and I'll be skinnier. Jimmy, have a a phenomenal holiday. You too. And thank you to Steve. Very, merry, and happy, happy, Jimmy. Yes, take care, buddy. And uh, if you want to check out what I'm doing, go go to jimnorton.com for my dates if you want to see what I'm doing. If not, I understand. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. See you, Matt. You're the best, Jimmy. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.